Hi, my name is Mark Riggins, and I'm pastor here at LifePoint, located in Plano, Texas, and we meet here every Sunday at 1030, and we are here for your family. I hope today's message is an encouragement to you. Well, how many of you, Spider-Man Far From Home came out last Christmas. How many of you have seen that movie? Wow, quite a few of you, good. Well, wow. Well, those of you who haven't seen it, we're going to walk you through it. We're all going to be able to enjoy it today. We're going through the series called At the Movies where we're choosing some good films that illustrate biblical truths. But before we get going today, we're also putting a verse to memory as we go through this series. And so I want us to do that. I'm going to let you stay seated today, though. And it's going to come on the screen, Ephesians 2.10. And we're just going to do it one time because we've got a lot to cover today. Would you just say this verse out loud with me? Say this with me. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do, Ephesians 2.10. Man, you sound great today. In this movie that we're looking at today, Spider-Man, we see him be confronted with a man who had tried to kill him, and the rest of the movie, we see him struggle with his response. So today, as we kind of get things kicked off, here's the question I want us to consider. How do I respond when I've been done wrong? How do I respond when I've been wronged? Now, this is like when you're, it doesn't have to be like when somebody tried to kill you. Like that could be, that's kind of a tough deal, right? But maybe it's just when you're on the tollway and somebody cuts you off. Yeah? Yeah? Some of you know what that feels like when you're, when you're going down Coit and somebody just decides, hey, I'm just going to take that lane you're in. Why don't you skew over a little bit? And you think, oh, yeah, right? Like, I don't know what you think. Maybe that's just me. Where you kind of like have this thing where somebody says something rude or someone says, does something inappropriate. Maybe they take something, they do something, and you have that thing in you where you think revenge. You ever think that? You ever feel that? Like your first response is, if you did wrong, then you will pay because I'm going to balance the scales, and I can't stand when someone has done me wrong. You ever feel that way? When someone does you wrong, we have an immediate intensive response to decide, and we're going to watch how Peter, Spider-Man, wrestles with that. And so this first clip is he's confronted with a man who tried to kill him, and then his Aunt May, who he loves and he honors, she has the audacity to suggest that he should forgive rather than, then seek revenge. Check out this clip. Ooh, I love the honesty of that story. It's not my problem. You do that to me, I'll write you off. You don't deserve my attention, my kindness, my forgiveness. I don't have to give you any energy. I'll just write. It's not my problem, right? This is the easiest way to dismiss someone who's done us wrong. But now let's flip the script. How does it feel... Or how do you hope people will respond? In fact, let's go to that next question. How do I want others to respond when I've done them wrong? In fact, I want to take a quick poll here because I know I'm amongst friends. You know how it is when you cut somebody off in traffic? Now, you cut them off because they were in your blind spot or your mind was somewhere else, and it's understandable, right? Or when you do and say something rude, it's because you had a lot on your mind. You, you lost sleep. You're in a bad mood. Like It's understandable. You give yourself a little extra understanding, and we kind of hope they do as well. So here's what I want to do. I want to take a quick poll around the room here today. How many of you will admit that at times you have done someone wrong? Would you just raise your hand? Look around amongst the friends. And those who aren't raising their hands, they are liars 
And, and I could ask the question again, and then everybody could raise their hand, right? We've all done others wrong, right? And we want other people to understand when we have done other people wrong. It's the most normal thing to be in that position. And so what we're going to look at today is the story of Spider-Man, and we're going to parallel it with this amazing story that Jesus tells in the New Testament. And I've got some really good news for those of us who have done others wrong. Jesus has some real encouragement for you. It's going to be both a an encouraging word, but it's also going to be a challenging word. So I hope you're ready for that. If you've got your Bibles, I just really want you to see this. This is one of those stories that is always relevant in our lives because human relationships are difficult, and Jesus wants to help. So in Matthew chapter 18, if you've got your Bibles, if you don't, there's one there in the pew. You can pick it up, go to the table of contents. It's the, Matthew's the very first book in the New Testament. Go with us to chapter 18. And this is a conversation between Peter, one of Jesus' closest followers, and in the, the conversation, Jesus, right out of the gate, begins to tell a parable. Now, a parable is essentially a made-up story, and in the story, Jesus is telling it to tell a principle, and we can find ourselves in one of the characters of the story that Jesus is sharing. It's that powerful. I want you to see it today. Matthew chapter 18, look with me. We'll begin in verse 21. Look what it says. Then Peter came to Jesus, and they're asking this question, like, how do I respond when, when I've been done wrong? And he says, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? And then he, he just throws out a number. He goes, what, like up to seven times? And I think about that. If you're driving down the tollway and somebody cuts you off not once, not twice, but seven times, that's like a lot, right? So Peter's being extremely generous, and he's really assuming that he's impressing Jesus with his generosity. And then watch Jesus' response. I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. In other words, there is, an, there is no limit to how much generosity and kindness and forgiveness that we must offer other people, Jesus is saying. But Jesus knew this would be hard for Peter to hear, just like it's hard for me and you to hear, to have unlimited forgiveness. So Jesus goes and tells a story. And here's where the parable takes place, that Jesus has a made-up story with a principle, and we're to find ourselves in one of the characters. Ready? Verse 23. Here comes the story. Therefore, Jesus says, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. In other words, he looks at the ledger and he sees there's an imbalance. He's wanting to settle the accounts. And so as he begins the settlement... Jesus says, a man who owned him, owed him 10,000 bags of gold. That's a lot of gold, right? That's a lot, of bag to, a lot of money today. Imagine back then. This person was brought to him, to this king. And since he was not able to pay, well, I guess not. There's no way he would have 10,000 bags of gold on him to pay back his debt. The master ordered him, watch this harsh penalty, that he, his wife, and his children, and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. This is a, this is a, a lifetime sentence for he and his family. And watch his response when he became so desperate, realizing how doomed he was. At this, the servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. There's no way he could, but he's desperate. And watch the king's response. The servant's master 
took pity on him, canceled the debt, and let him go. Now, I don't know about you, but I love a good forgiveness story. And when I see someone forgiven, I'm just like, man, that is, un- it's just a beautiful, like there's something in it that I can't fully explain that connects, I believe, with the heart of God, but I believe it connects with us too as human beings. When we see someone forgive someone, it's just a power, we all just kind of go, and we all just feel good, don't we? When we see that kind of forgiveness. Everybody thinks forgiveness is a good idea. Until we have something that we need to forgive. And that's what's about to happen to the servant. The script is about to flip. Because the the servant is about to go from receiving forgiveness to having to give forgiveness. I love to receive forgiveness. I struggle giving forgiveness. And we go back to the movie with Spider-Man. And at the end, it's Aunt May, who Spider-Man loves and honors, who in her dying scene provides some wisdom. Check out the scene. That's a powerful line. With great power also must come great responsibility. I think we all think forgiveness is a great idea until we have something to forgive. And this story that Jesus is telling, everything is about to flip. And all of a sudden, the servant who has been forgiven 10,000 bags of gold is about to have a flip and now is going to be called to offer forgiveness. So I want you to pick the story back up with me in verse 28. And let's watch the script flip. Verse 28 says, But when that servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a, say these next three words with me, 100 silver coins. Doesn't sound like a lot in comparison, does it? A 100 silver coins. And he grabbed him, and he began to choke him, and he said, pay back what you owe me, he demanded. Doesn't it just feel awkward to even read that? He's just been, let's compare what just happened. He has been forgiven 10,000 bags of gold. And he's refusing to forgive a hundred silver coins. It's sort of ridiculous in comparison, isn't it? We look at that and we think, I just feel uncomfortable like that. I almost feel silly or repulsive. I'm not sure which because of what he's just been forgiven and what he's being asked to forgive. But he not only refuses, he's very adamant and he begins to choke. He begins to demand. And now look how the servant who owed the hundred silver coins, watch how he responds in the next verse. Verse 29, look at this. He says, but when the servant, his fellow servant fell to his knees, verse 29, and he did the same thing he had done earlier. He begged him. And watch what he says. See if this sounds familiar. Be patient with me. I will pay it back. That should have triggered in this unforgiving servant exactly what he had said to the king in a few verses earlier when he said, I'll pay back everything I owe. And now all of a sudden he's demanding somebody pay him. And this same person is begging and saying, I will pay it back. And in response to the begging, the king had pity and compassion. But in response to this servant begging, the unforgiving servant has three sad words in the next verse. Look at it. Verse 30, but he refused. Been given 10,000 bags of gold worth of debt forgiveness, but he refused the 100 silver coin debt forgiveness. 
Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. Now, can you imagine the other servants who are watching this? They're in shock. Their their jaws are dropping because they've seen the extreme and the refusal to forgive. Look at verse 31. And when the other servants saw what had happened, they were outraged, and they went and told their master everything that had happened. They're going to the king and saying, you won't believe what the servant that you just forgave is now doing. And when the master called the servant in, watch what he says. These are harsh words. As Jesus continues to tell this parable, You wicked servant, he said. I canceled all that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant and 100 silver coins just as I had on you? And in anger, his master handed him over to the jailers, not just to be in prison, watch this, to be tortured until he should pay back all he owed. Now back to our question. How do I respond when I've been wronged? In the movie, the Spider-Man knows that he needs to make things right, but he recognizes in order to make things right, it's going to be hard. It's going to be difficult. But he's deciding he's willing to pay the price. But his friend MJ is yet ready to make that kind of a sacrifice and begins to try to bargain. Is there another way? Is there an easier way out? And they begin to bargain with the price that ultimate forgiveness requires. Watch this scene. I know some of you wanted to see the kiss. I love this scene because they're counting the cost. And I think when it comes to forgiveness, that's one thing we don't do very often. We just want to forgive and be done and move forward. But can I tell you something you already know? Forgiveness is never free. It always costs the forgiver something. And I don't know what in your life needs to be forgiven, who in your life needs to be forgiven. Maybe there's a person who took your reputation, who took your peace, who took your first marriage, who took a friendship, who took something from you. They did something. They stole something. They owe you something. And I'll tell you what you already know. They're never going to pay you back. And at some point, do we count the cost and say, I will pay the debt and release them so that I can move forward. Because forgiveness is never free. It's always costly for the forgiver. Here's the question. What specifically does somebody owe you? Have you ever just stopped and think, what is it that they owe me? And like this scene, just count the cost. In in this movie, as they get toward the end of the movie, at this last scene we'll look at, Peter knows that there is a cost to make things right. As he said, everybody that he knows has forgotten him. The one he loves the most, his Aunt May, ends up dying, and he begins to ask the most obvious question, and that is, is it worth it? Isn't that the question we ask when we're thinking about forgiving and paying the debt? Is it worth it? Check out the scene. So here's a question. What if the greatest impact you will make in this life is not something you achieve, but someone you forgive? 
What if the deepest impact you'll make on those closest to you won't be something that you do, but someone you release from a debt they owe you? You see, that's the story of Jesus. As we look at that story that Jesus told in that parable, I don't know if you've already picked up on who we are in the story. We're not the master, that's Jesus. We're the one that's been forgiven the 10,000 bags of gold. And then he said, we're going to bump into people throughout our life that will owe us 100 silver coins. The greatest legacy of our Savior is that he came to this earth. He left heaven and he came to this broken earth as holy God the Son. And he had one thing on his mind, to forgive you and to forgive me and to release us of our debt of 10,000 bags of gold that we could never pay on our own. You think about what our Savior went through as he walked this earth as holy God, as he navigated life here on this earth, as he was being threatened by other people, other people who were constantly coming. Sometimes we would see him bounce from town to town. The God who is sovereign over everything is bouncing from town to town. The God who is faithful to love is the one who was rejected, who was betrayed by those closest to him, and eventually he was arrested. And then he was eventually crucified to die the most cruel of deaths on the cross of Calvary for one reason. He wanted to offer me ultimate forgiveness. He wanted to offer you ultimate forgiveness. He came to this earth because he knew there was a debt that you had. And you said, what was the debt? I haven't done anything that horrible. And it's because we see our sin in such a simple way. But for a holy God who wants to be restored in a relationship with you and with me, he knew that we could never bridge the gap. So he decided that though he is holy, his love would find a way to come and restore us in a relationship. And in doing that, we look at our own sin. Maybe it's an addiction that we have. Maybe it's some way that we've hurt other people. Maybe it's a way that we've uh, had lust or greed or pride or all these things that are the way that we think. We just see it from day to day, don't we? We're always battling ourselves in the, in the sin or the brokenness that's within us. We see it all the time. And the truth is, after a while, the debt keeps building and building and building and building. And there is no way, no matter how much we beg, no matter how much we want to, that we could ever pay that debt off. Because we're going to incur a new debt tomorrow. It's who we are. It's the brokenness with which we've been born. And this is a Savior who came to this earth to say, I know you can't pay it off. I know you can't fix this. And so Jesus comes and says, I'm going to fix it. And I'm going to wipe the slate clean. And I'm going to restore a relationship with you because of how much he loves us. Here's what Jesus did. Jesus paid it all. And no matter what you owe, he paid it all off so that you could go completely canceled debt free to worship him to know him he not only wants to cancel your debt he invites you as an adopted member of his family so he can have a relationship with you from now till forevermore this is how much you are loved and how much i am loved and he tells the story because he wants us to see how big of a debt we had but how much he came to pay it all and i can't help but remember when i was a kid we used to sing this old song and there was a song that I always thought it just had like a simple beauty to it. But it captured how much Jesus did for me and how much he's done for you. And we would sing it something like this. Oh, my Jesus, 
paid it all and all to him I owe my sin had left a crimson stain and he washed it white as snow. Aren't you, aren't you grateful that your Savior paid it all? And all to Him we owe. Because our sin left a debt we could never pay, but He washed it white as snow. And 10,000 bags of gold worth of debt has been removed. And I have the best part of me I had nothing to do with. It's all about Jesus. So we come back to our original question. How do I respond when I've been wronged? Well, the truth is, if you're here today and you're checking out church and you're just wondering about this whole Christian faith thing, can I give you really good news? Forgiveness makes your life better. It just does. The truth is, when you look at forgiveness, don't forgive them because they deserve it. Forgive them because you deserve peace. You've got to deal with your past in order to move forward. Forgiveness, study after study has shown it, just makes our health better physically and emotionally. Forgiveness just makes our life better, whether we follow Jesus or not. But for those of us who are here and we follow Jesus... We have the same question. How do I respond when I've been wronged? If you're a follower of Jesus, well, now this is a different answer altogether. The story that we just read from Jesus has a different obligation altogether because he says that you have been forgiven 10,000 bags of gold. And I want to tell you something that, that pushes on this a little bit. Jesus says, how I treat others who owe me influences how God treats me. In fact, we just saw how the servant who didn't forgive, despite being forgiven 10,000 bags of gold, was thrown into prison, not just to be in prison, but to be tortured. And there's a principle where that story lands that we haven't read yet. I want to read this final verse, but I just want to warn you in advance. I think it's one of the scariest verses in the Bible for those of us who follow Jesus. And look what Jesus, how he lands this story. And he says, this is how my heavenly Father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. How you and I treat people who owe us influences how God responds to us. In the Lord's Prayer, we see it there too as well where he says, Father, uh, forgive me my trespasses as I forgive those who trespass against us. In other words, there's a direct correlation between how I respond to others and how he will respond to me. At the end of the movie, Aunt May says, with great power comes great responsibility. Jesus says this, to those of us who follow Jesus, with great forgiveness comes great responsibility. Forgiven people forgive. It's who we are called to be. It's the only faith on the planet where our forgiveness isn't earned except by the forgiver.
forgiven people forgive. In fact, I would go further to say as Christians, as Jesus followers, we not only have an opportunity, but we have an obligation to forgive. So how do I respond when I've been wronged? Well, with great responsibility, with great forgiveness comes great responsibility because forgiven people forgive. Now, I will tell you, there's nothing I like less than a pastor getting up and saying, just do it. So I don't want to land it here, even though Jesus makes it very clear that this isn't something that we have an option. But forgiveness really is a process. I believe it's normally not a one-time prayer or a one-time event, but something that we begin. It may, it may take a few weeks or even a few months to process through. It may not be a one-time prayer, but 30 prayers over a week or over several months. But we, begin, we make the decision to begin the process. And so here's what I want to do. When you came in today, you were given some tickets. Do you still have those? two tickets. And I want to ask you to go ahead and separate those and tear those in two. And as you tear those in two, I suspect as I've been talking, you've had somebody on your mind. And you know her, you know him, and you feel like they owe you something. And what I want to ask you to do is whoever that person is, would you just write their name on your ticket and if they're sitting beside you, write somebody else's name on your ticket. And then what I want to do is I want to introduce a prayer to you. And again, I don't think it's going to be this easy. But it may be the first time you pray the prayer for many times. And then I want to give you a chance to just pray a prayer of forgiveness today for that person who's on your ticket. So there's a pen there in the back of the pew. If you'll go ahead and write that name down on your ticket, the person that you need to forgive, that Jesus says you are obligated to forgive. Who is that person? And write them on your ticket. And we'll talk about the other ticket in a minute. But let's put this prayer up here. I want you to see this prayer, and, and maybe you'll pray this exact prayer or a different type of prayer, but it's a prayer like this. God, I've held on to this hurt long enough. Amen. Please give me the strength to overcome this and forgive whoever the person is on your ticket. God, please change our hearts. We both need your grace. And in light of how you have forgiven me 10,000 bags of gold, God, I release them of their debt of 100 silver coins. And today I choose to forgive them. I choose to begin the process of forgiving them. And we're going to leave this screen up. If you want to pray this prayer, maybe you want to pray a prayer of your own. But here's what I want to do. I want to invite you right now to begin to cancel their debt. Instead of choking them and asking them to do what they will never do, but instead come back to the cross and say, Oh, what you have done for me, Father. In light of that, I can release their debt. And so for the next few seconds, can we just turn this into a house of prayer? And would you take that name and would you begin to pray, God, would you help me once and for all to release their debt? I want to invite you just to pray that prayer right now and then I'll close this in just a second. Let's pray. feel free to do that. I want to point out to you the other ticket that we gave you that's blank. 
I want you to hold on to that ticket. In fact, I want to ask you to put it in your wallet or put it in your purse, wherever you want to carry that, in a place that you'll see it from time to time. And I want to ask you if you would go ahead and pre-decide. Somebody at some point is going to create another debt. And when they do, I'm going to put their name there, and I'm going to forgive them too. Because as we walk this life, what we know is we're all broken, we're all incomplete, we're all in need of help and grace. And just pre-decide to be a fast forgiver and just carry that with you. And at some point, somebody's going to redeem that coupon and you're going to go, you're the one I've been holding on to this for. I'm going to forgive you as well. What we're going to do that's a little different as we end is we're going to have our closing song, but I'm going to ask you to do something because here's what I, I really think is important when it comes to the issue of forgiveness. Because in light of what that person did to you, they don't deserve your forgiveness. In light of the debt, they don't deserve your forgiveness. But in light of what Christ did for you, we must forgive. And so when we come back and get a bigger perspective, when we come back to the foot of the cross, all of a sudden the level playing field happens where we can become just nothing but an undeserving servant forgiving another undeserving servant because we've all been forgiven 10,000 bags of gold. And sometimes we just need to remember the perspective from which we are forgiving. This is a fountain of forgiveness, the cross. And so I'm going to ask you all to stand if you would. And while you stand, we're going to begin our song. And here's what I want to ask you to do. I want to ask you to have the courage to take that ticket with the name on it. And while we're singing, would you come and just place it here at the base of the cross and leave it there. Say, God, I'm going to do my very best to release them of this debt once and for all. And let's turn this place into a house of forgiveness. And so as we sing today, I want to ask you to be courageous and step out and come and lay your ticket at the cross. And let's release some debt today. Let's free ourselves and ultimately connect with the heart of the Father and glorify Him in the name of Jesus who gave us everything on the cross. As we sing, you come. I hope today's message was an encouragement to you. And if you'd like a little more information about our church, just visit us on our website at lifepointplano.org.